We're talking top five tips learned from years of entrepreneurship with this week's guest, Dr. Sogo Palavan, coming up next. It's story time brought to you by locumstory.com. Today we'll be reading One Job, Two Jobs. One job, two jobs, red blob, no job, elective doc, emergency doc, summon overstock, summon out of stock. The doc is too abused. The doc is underused. This doc can't get sick. Say, let's try a brand new trick. For all the docs about to cry, here's an idea you can try. Look into a locum tenens assignment, a really great option. You might find it. Don't forget locums pays much better, and you can find assignments in any type of weather. With all of this new info trapped up in your thinker, go to financialresidency.com slash locum story and use your mouse to tinker. It's here you'll find the unbiased answers that you are after, so you can decide if locum tenens is your next chapter. Welcome to the Talk To Me Doc podcast, where it's all about serving the early career physician. Let's talk about the unique issues that face us so we can create a better future for ourselves and those to come. And now your host, Dr. Andrew Tisser. Hey everybody, it's Andrew and welcome to the Talk To Me Doc podcast. Thank you so much for being here. For my returning listeners, welcome back. For my new listeners, welcome, because today, like on every episode, we're talking to the best guests from all around healthcare and beyond to discuss issues relating to the early career physician. Today, I have the honor of bringing back onto the show Dr. Sogol Palavan. Dr. Sogol is a board-certified pediatrician and founder and managing partner of ABC Pediatric Clinic. After struggling with burnout, Dr. Sogol embarked on a journey of mindful living and became certified as a mindfulness coach. She utilizes mindfulness tools along with meditation, yoga, and breathing work to connect to the present moment to find self-fulfillment and joy. She teaches physicians to fully take back responsibility for their life by reclaiming their power and committing to reconnecting to their most authentic self. All right, let's get Sogol back onto the show. Dr. Palavan, welcome back to the Talk To Me Doc podcast. Thank you for having me back. Thank you for allowing me back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, only our good guests, right? No, there are no bad guests. So um, today uh, we're going to talk about something else. But before we do that, if people hadn't listened to your first episode, can you give everybody a rundown on who you are and what you do? Oh, sure. I am a general pediatrician in Houston, Texas, in, pra- in private practice for about 13, 14 years. I manage my own um, clinic. We are a mid-sized clinic or about seven providers. And I am also a certified mindfulness physician life coach. And uh, COVID brought me to that kind of spinoff from my career. Um, So uh, I have shifted or I have, I guess, with serving the community, I am also um, passionate about serving our community, which is the physician community, and sharing um, my knowledge and expertise and what I have learned um, in the last 15 years, not only as an entrepreneur physician, but also as someone that went through extreme burnout um, a couple of years ago. So I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So I love top fives and top tens and things like that because they're just so fun and catchy. But uh, today we're going to talk about something near and dear to my heart, and that's the top five lessons you learned from your years as an entrepreneur. Is that right? Yes, sir. All right. Well, let's get right into it. What's number one? Okay. Number one, unfollow the haters. (laughs) They say haters going to (laughs) hate. I feel like we need music at this point. (laughs) 
Um, okay, so this is actually, this has um, a, a couple of different kind of buckets, right? So the haters can be the physical people in your life, right? The And what I mean by haters is not people that actually hate you, but it's people that, people that actually bring you down, right? They might be nice people per se. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with their personality, but it's people that are not a good fit for you and that are not supportive of you, okay? So people that are doubting you all the time or people that are not in the arena with you, Brené uh, Brown, talks about like, if you're not in the arena, I don't really, you shouldn't have a comment. (laughs) You shouldn't comment on what I'm doing. Um, Because what happens is when we as entrepreneurs and aren't physicians, when we try to take on a new task or a new endeavor, we ourselves in our mind have so much self-doubt. That's just because that's how our human brain is. And you want to surround yourself with people that are either on the same path as you, right? So if you, if you say, let's say that you want to go open up a office, like your own office, you want to go surround yourself with people that have already been there and doing that or are on the same path as you, but maybe a couple of steps forward. With that said, if you seek out people that are already on the path and been there and done that, make sure that they're not burnt out. (laughs) Because if they're burnt out, then they'll tell you that they'll try to sway you away from it, right? Then so those are physical people in your life. Okay, the second uh, bucket that falls under there is actually social media, right? In the age of COVID, even more, we are a lot more connected with social media. And if you're going to use social media, I think there is um, a vast opportunity out there. There's so many communities that are being created, um, especially in the physician realm. You know, there's a side gig community, there's entrepreneurship, there's like investment. I mean, there's zillion things that are out there. Um, And they're super supportive. But make sure that you are unfollowing the social medias that doesn't serve you well. Meaning, let's say that you are following a particular person and they're 10 steps ahead of you or something like that. But every time that you look at their social media feed, it makes you feel less right? It makes you feel inadequate because you're like, why am I not there? And why am I only in this place, in this space at this time? So if you get a feeling of being inadequate and not enough and less, which comes from a very scarcity mindset, which we all have, and um, then unfollow them, okay? And it's okay if they're your best friend or it's okay if they're, you know, a colleague, if they're not serving you in that Space because you've got so much mental drama going on every time you look at them doesn't mean they're a bad person. They're doing exactly what they, you know, their life goals and values and everything else. But if you look at their pictures, if you look at their feeds and you're not inspired by them because you keep, you know, thinking that you're, why am I not there to, you know, at their level? then follow them or mute them or, or 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 put them on hold. And then when you feel like later on down the road, you're at a space like, okay, and now I'm confident where I am in my life and I believe in myself and the self-doubt is not there as much, then I'm going to bring them back into my realm and kind of see if they have, if, if they can guide me. Okay. Yeah, that's great. I mean, at the, at, at all levels, you'll see that too, right? That doesn't goes away. Um, I, you know, why am I not there yet? Or, 
or I mean, sometimes people just just post like, you know, things that are are clickbait or people post things to just get a rise out of people too. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, those are great points. Yeah, yeah. And then the other thing about the unfollowing and social media, social media is another type of food for your brain, right? Essentially, it's like what our senses are, what is the bridge between our outside world and our inside world. So whatever we are feeding our brain in terms of whatever we're looking at with our sight and whatever we're hearing with our ears is what you, what affects the way that you operate and you feel throughout the day. So if you are looking at things on your social media feed, always ask yourself, like, how does this make me feel? If it makes you feel like inspired, um, motivated, empowered, if it makes you feel good, any of those like high frequency good feelings, then great continue it, like listen to yourself, right? If it makes you feel like, oh, I'm not enough. And oh, why can't I be there? And I'm so doubtful. And, and, you know, I'm a loser kind of thing. Then just mute them unfollow them. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with you. It just means that at that point in your life, you are not tolerant. Your brain is it tolerant of, of, of feeding, like of getting that information, right? It's like the same as like some people that have upset stomachs or lactose intolerance, they can't drink milk, right? Same thing, whatever you feed inside your brain, if it, if your brain doesn't like that kind of food, if it doesn't like what it's seeing, if it doesn't like what it's hearing, then just mute it. It's okay. You don't have to be around it. And that even the toughest thing, I think it's, it's, our family members and our close circle, right? Is that we evolved as humans so much when we go through different stages of life. So your BFF in your 30s might not really be a good fit in your 40s or in your 50s because people um, grow. Some people grow and some people don't grow, right? So really reevaluating those relationships and um, unfollowing those people and, and, and creating new connections with the people that are serving you, that can serve you in this particular time in your life is, is so important as, as, as you grow. And that could be applied to platforms in addition, not just even people, right? Sometimes I'll go on Twitter and I just think like the world is ending. (laughs) There's like, there's no, it's just like the government's messed up. The pandemic's out of control. Like this this country's terrible. Everybody's dying. And then I'm like, no, these are just what people are tweeting about, right? Uh, Sometimes you just need to take a break from a platform that doesn't serve you. I'm pretty much off of Facebook nowadays because it's, I've, I found it to just be kind of a scary place to live, but um, you'll find places that serve you and, and those that don't. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly, that's exactly what it comes down to. Um, and those platforms, you know, might've served you at some point, but not anymore. And then imagine if like 24 hours a day, you're looking at your Twitter and it's like, oh, there's poverty and there's famine and there's war. And there's like all these negativities that you're feeding into your brain, like subconsciously, that's going to affect you, right? It's not going to put you in a space of like, oh, you know, I'm so motivated to go out and help. It's going to put you in this place of like, um, like, oh my God. Yeah. Like the world is ending. Right. So, and I'm not saying like <clears throat> surround yourself with everything that's <clears throat> super happy and be like, 
uh, positive toxicity is what they call it. No, but I'm just saying be really conscious and aware of what you are feeding your brain and um, really reevaluate that at different uh, different points in your life um, as you go along your path of entrepreneurship or academic medicine or what, whatever you're doing as a clinician. Um, Perfect. So, yeah, go ahead. No, no. Uh, okay, good. <laughs> okay, so that kind of takes me into, so number one was unfollow the haters. Then it takes me to number two, which is, okay, this is a word that I made up. It's probably not in the in the uh, Googles. It's comparisonitis and judgmentitis. <laughs> so constantly comparing yourself. And when we compare ourselves, we judge ourselves, right? Or we judge others. Right. Um, and this kind of goes into the whole social media and what you're feeding your brain and what you're surrounding yourself with, because essentially your brain's job is to keep you safe. Right. And so when you are trying to step out of your comfort zone and pursue something new, whether that be an investment, uh, some sort of side gig, writing, doing a talk, um, applying for uh, a leadership position, um, going into, you know, entrepreneurship, opening up your own office, anything that's outside of your norm that you don't you have not had any practice with. Right. Your brain is literally going to tell you that. You can't do that. You're awful. You're not better. You're not as good as X, Y, and Z. You are not as fast as X, Y, and Z. You are not as smart as X, Y, and Z. And that life is so unfair. So you should just go back into your lonely comfort zone and just like continue doing whatever job you did for the next until retirement. (laughs) So just being aware that. A people that are ahead of you in a sense, right? People that have, let's say, have already invested in the stock market or have already had a couple of uh, rental properties, right? Those people should not, should be an example of what is possible. That's how you should turn the perspective on yourself instead of like, Oh, well, they're 10 steps ahead of me. Why aren't I there? I'm older than them. Why I should have done this. I could have done this. I would have done this. That kind of talk does not serve you well at all, right? It comes from a scarcity mindset. But if you look at it like, wow, they're 10 steps ahead of me and I can totally be there, right? And not putting that timeline on you. So you see the difference between when you when you change that self-talk instead of comparing yourself to them, you use them as an opportunity, right? Like, look at this amazing person that's already done this. This is a great opportunity for me to be able to do that. Right. Because I have the same education level. You know, I have the same drive that they do. I um, physicians are usually pretty competitive and they're pretty driven. So use that to your advantage. And then what happens is when you start comparing yourself from that scarcity mindset and you're like, why am I not there? Why are they ahead of me? Why can't I do it? Why do I fail so much? Then you start judging yourself. And imagine if you're judging yourself 24 hours a day. Okay, you're not being very kind to yourself, right? It's not serving you well to sit there and be like, 
why and compare and then judge. And a lot of times for me, I actually used to judge them as well. And when I judged them, then it created a feeling of kind of guilt inside of me, right? Because I was like, they're probably good human beings. Why does my brain keep judging these people that are quote unquote doing better than me? (laughs) So So what you're saying is comparisonitis and judgmentitis is not terminal. Right. They are reversible illnesses. Yes, totally, (laughs) totally. But you have to... First, be aware that they're there. Most people do, most people think that's just the way it is, right? That's just, we just compare and we just judge and that's what we're supposed to do. So you have to have awareness and catch yourself of when you are comparing and when you are judging and really understand when I come from that space of comparison and judgment, what do I do with that? Like, am I, am I again empowered and motivated and driven Um, Some people actually, when they compare themselves to other people, they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to do that. Right. Yeah. Like there are 10 steps ahead of me and it it motivates them and I'm going to get there. Right. So compare, but then see when you compare yourself, what kind of feeling it gives you. Does it give you a feeling of like internal drive? Yeah. I'm going to get there. I'm going to catch up to them. Or does it give you this feeling of like, oh no, I'll never get there. Why? This pity feeling. Right. And then number three is self-doubt. This is huge, okay? And just let me just tell you that to have self-doubt is to be human. So every human brain has self-doubt. So next time these thoughts of self-doubt come up for you like, this will never happen. You're so behind. They're ahead of you. You should quit. It's not worth it. And the most common statement that I hear with self-doubt is, it's so hard. That's so hard. I can't do that. That's so hard. Guys, like hard is such a subjective word. And like we're physicians. We have done so many hard things, right? I think pick you was hard. I think NICU was hard. Like I thought surgery was hard, right? That's, that's the stuff that's hard. That's the stuff where you have someone's like life in your hands or like in the ER, you're an ER physician. So like a code for me would be hard. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, this, this, this patient's life is in my hand, but things like pivoting outside of your comfort zone, things like taking on a new project, things like taking on a new leadership, that never leads to death, right? Our brain wants to tell us that, oh my God, we're going to die if we go and ask for a raise from our boss or if we suggest a particular thing in a committee meeting. But that's not true. We know what life and death is. We're physicians. We work with patients all the time, right? But you do, your body actually gives you the totally same physiological changes when you have this self-doubt, which is fear. And when you come from fear, what happens? Like your heart rate goes up, your blood pressure goes up. You have, um, you know, you're, you're sometimes dizzy, you're sweating, all that, all those symptoms. So know that to, to really recognize when your brain gives you these thoughts of self-doubt to recognize that, oh, This is totally normal. Self-doubt is actually a way 
that my brain is telling me that I'm stepping out of my comfort zone. And it's okay. We're not going to die. We're totally going to be okay. At the end, I think what physicians really in life um, equate death to is like failure, right? Because we are such, a lot of us are perfectionists. A lot of us are overachievers. We probably didn't fail much in high school. We were probably the top of our class. We were did pretty well in college. That's why we got into med school. And then the med school kind of the, the field kind of leveled off. But again, we didn't fail in a sense, right? We might have some struggles and we didn't fail. So failure is a very taboo word for us. So when we start to take on a new project or, you know, um, take on a new leadership uh, or take on a new positions, we start to have a lot of this self-doubt and this self-doubt uh, at the end of the road takes us to like, oh, I'm going to die, which is like, I'm going to fail, right? But failure is very different than death. Fa- failures, again, is not terminal. Death is like the end, right? But if you, I mean, if you fail, think about it, I failed, but I learned. What did I learn? And whatever you learned is another stepping stone for what you needed to have learned to get to whatever place that you want to get to. So looking at self-doubt from this different angle of, yep, my self-doubt is always going to be there because I have a human brain and that when my self-doubt comes up, it is super scary and it I feel like I'm going to die, but actually uh, it, I might just fail. And that's not the end of the world. I think that gives you a huge, you know, a, a different lens to look through when you start to, you know, advance in your career or when you start to step out of your box and take on new abilities or positions or leadership or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, a, a lot of times I'll say it is what's the worst thing that can happen, right? Yeah. Because oh, maybe you lose a little bit of money and a little bit of time. Nobody died. Right. Um, And that's and that's the exact point you're talking about. So that's that's great. Yeah. And then number four is network. Okay, which kind of goes back to like unfollow the haters. Your network is so important. Building the people that are around you and supporting yourself and investing not only in yourself, but the people that you surround yourself with. Okay. Get a mentor, get, uh, get people on these platforms that Andrew was talking about. There is a lot of platforms out there that are now supporting physicians in different spaces, whether you want financial freedom or you want like entrepreneurship or you want, uh, yeah, to be an author, a speaker, um, you know, anything. There's so many, like when I started 15, 13, 14 years ago, none of this existed on social media or on the internet. We were just kind of a very small group of private pediatricians, but we had no way to connect unless you actually knew someone physically, then you would pick up the phone and call them or like email them. But I think the beauty of, um, of, um, this, the web space is that 
it in a in a sense, yes, it's very dis- it can disconnect you from your family and your loved ones because you're so involved and engulfed in in um, the the amount of information overload that it has. But I think if you set your boundaries and really connect to the people and find your tribe and find your community, then you can be supported in so many different ways. I know there's like a private pediatric uh, Facebook group out there, but I think there's there's now a uh, direct primary care group out there on Facebook. I use Facebook and Instagram a lot, but I mean, there's I don't use Twitter, but I'm sure there are spaces out there that whatever your passion is and whatever your calling is and whatever this second phase of your career is that you are yearning to to um to pursue find people out there that are pursuing the same thing either at your level or a little bit mid-level or a little bit like higher level and support yourself and then like talk to everyone reach out to everyone no i don't think i've ever had maybe i've had like a couple of people in the last 13 years that have been a little bit more um like resistance about sharing stuff just because I think it was out of their fear of like, why do you want my information kind of thing? But most people are like, yeah, open door, come on in. I'll tell you, I'll support you. Yeah. Because, um, because as physicians, we are, we go into clinical medicine or we go into medicine because we want to serve, right? We want to help. We want to heal. We want to serve. And I think we do the same for our colleagues as well. It's not like we only want to serve the community, but when it comes to our colleagues, we're like, no, I'm not going to help you out. Some people are, but most people aren't. So really network, really go out there. And for the introverts that are like, I don't want to go to social events and do it on the internet. Like it's, it's, I know a lot of introverts that, that you, you can't even tell they're introverts because they they put themselves out there and then make it a challenge and be like, you know, maybe I was an introvert for the 30 years of my life. And maybe maybe I want to experience what it is to be extrovert. Why not? If it doesn't work out again, I won't die. I'll just go back to being what I used to be. And you won't go back because you'll change and, and you'll feel so much more comfortable in your skin. Well, yeah, that's absolutely true, right? They say your your net worth is based on your network, right? Um, and uh, honestly, uh, for the for the true introverts, you know, you could start with email, right? You could start with uh, low touch things like that and work your way up to a phone call if need be. I do a lot of that with my own clients looking when they're trying to change jobs, right? Mm-hmm. It's just sending out a couple emails, you know, and that leads to a five minute conversation that leads to uh you know, to, to expanding your network that way. So I love networking as, as you know, but uh, yeah, continue. What's next? Okay. Last one. And I think the most important one, and people are going to roll their eyes and be like, Oh my God, what ifs? Okay. Is to invest in yourself and to love yourself. Right. And people would tell me this and I was like, what do you mean? Yeah, I'm super confident. Like I've done all these things. Of course I love myself. But I think it goes beyond that. And I'm going to break it down into the invest in yourself or you love yourself in, into three different categories. And it's like the mind, the body and the soul, right? Your mind are your thoughts. Your body is where you feel your feelings. And your soul is your calling, your passion, your why or whatever um, that you that little itch inside of you that's like, eh, we should do this. Yeah, you should really do this. That thing that keeps coming back, but then you keep your self-doubt keeps shoving it away and saying, no, 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 go back in the closet. We don't want to deal with that. 
That kind of comes from your um, inner guide is what you call it. So your mind, we kind of touched up upon it in the other ones. Your thoughts come from your brain. So it's super important to look at how you're talking to yourself, right? So again, if you're comparing yourself, if you're judging yourself, if you're having a lot of self-doubt, that is not being kind to yourself. But a lot of people don't, because they have no limited awareness of their thoughts, because they are operating on a very autopilot, unconscious level, they don't even know how they talk to themselves. So really take some time to pause if five minutes a day and be like, hey, what did I tell myself today? Was I like, like when clinic finished? Was I when driving home? Am I telling myself, oh, my God, you did such a good job. You saw 25 patients and Mrs. Joan was so happy that you, you know, you made Johnny a smile because he was having a really bad day and and your nurse, um, you know, you gave your nurse a compliment and she really appreciated it and good job, pat on the back, right? Or are you like, oh my God, I didn't finish my notes and uh, why did I miss that diagnosis and why is life so horrible and now I have to go home and I have to cook. So look at those things, those thoughts that are ruminating inside your head and just be like, hey, are these positive thoughts that I'm telling myself? Or are these negative thoughts? And then when you really get awareness of where your thoughts is, then you can start to change them and pivot them. Because if you're beating up on yourself 24 hours a day, you're not going to be motivated. You're not going, you're going to set goals and you're not going to do your goals. You are going to project that feeling out to the world, right? You're not going to show up as you know, your calm self or your confident self or your empowered self, you're going to show up as someone that um, that is uh, very low in their energy. And that affects like your relationships, right? With your partner, with your children, with your staff, with your patients, it all it's all intertwined, right? So that's your mind. Really understand what your self-talk is and label it. The easiest part is like really being conscious about it. I journal, but most people are like, I don't have time to journal. It takes five minutes to journal, write down all your thoughts and look at it and be like, oh, is that what I told me? Okay, thanks. And then when you do that over time, you understand what your patterns are. And then number two, so that's your mind. Number two is your body. So your you feel your feelings in your body. So there are two approaches to the body. One is what we all know, take care of yourself take care of your body, right? So what does that mean? That means eating right, exercising right, drinking water, not drinking too much alcohol, like all the stuff that we tell our patients, right? But what I want to tell physicians specifically, because this is what they struggle for uh, a lot in their life, is like, I want to give you permission to take a break, okay? Taking a break and pausing and relaxing is not going to put you behind on your work. It's You're not going to fall behind on your resting, okay, when you rest. And this is a deep-rooted thought that I had is that, oh, my God, if I take a nap, then I won't get X, Y, and Z done, and then I'm going to fall behind, and then I'm not going to get to X, Y, and Z goal right? Taking a break, just like if you buy an electrical car, they're going to run out of electricity at that some point and you have to plug it in. So taking a break means that you have to plug yourself in or unplug yourself from the daily hustle that you are doing. So please do not think taking a break is lazy. This is a 
uh, something that's been ingrained in us through our training. I think the younger generation is much better. We used to work 120 hours. I mean, something ridiculous, but now it's capped at 80. So there's some balance, but we can definitely improve. But don't tell yourself that rest is um, not productive. That's what I used to tell myself. If I rest, I'm not productive. No, if you rest, you're actually going to be more productive because you're going to fill your cup, right? So rest is a very important one. And then don't forget to have fun with your body, right? Do stuff that your body likes. So go back to like when you were in middle school and high school, think about like, what did I enjoy? Okay. Did I play music? Did I play sports? Did I draw? Was I artistic? Did I design? Whatever. There's a zillion things that you could pick from. Go back to those hobbies, those activities that really brought joy to you. And I don't, and, and, you know, you don't have to do it every day. Start small. If you drew, like start small with like sketching something for five minutes a day. If you'd like to run and you did cross country, you know, go run a mile around the neighborhood, something, but you've got to bring that, that fun back into your, into your body, because it definitely, the the fun is what secretes the serotonin and the dopamine, like all those happy hormones, like the oxytocin. And we are in such a doing mode, physicians doing and getting our list done and doing more that we are definitely depleted. And that take that's probably why a lot of us are in burnout right now. And then the third part of your body is breathing. Y'all learn to breathe. Go and Google YouTube or Google it uh, or YouTube it. Belly breathing. We don't breathe. As humans, we hyperventilate or we hold our breath or we breathe with our chest, which puts us in a sympathetic nervous system. Belly breathing puts you in a parasympathetic nervous system. This is what infants do when they are born. When they breathe in, their belly goes out like a balloon. And when they breathe out, their belly gets sucked in. We do the opposite. So learn how to breathe and slow down. And this breathing exercise you could do anywhere, like driving home, doing your charts. It's, you know, breathing we do all the time, right? But really be conscious about how you're breathing. Um, And then the last one, okay, yeah, the last one I talked about, the last one is like your purpose, right? Your calling, that's your soul. And when you start to be kinder to yourself in the ways that you talk to yourself. When you start to be kinder to your body in uh, in the way that, you know, you eat, you exercise, you sleep. I didn't even talk about sleep. That's like a whole hour. You sleep, you breathe correctly, and you start having fun. (laughs) And you start and your nervous system starts calming down. Then you can tap into that, like, what's my true purpose? What is that calling that I want to? Then your body starts talking to you. It literally, it will like be like, oh, I think you should do this instead of your head talking to you all the time and beating up on you, your body starts talking to you. And then that's when you can tap into your creativity and your innovation. And then that's just the possibilities are infinite once you get there. So that is number five. And that's all I have for y'all. Wow, that was uh, just episode packed full of value. I mean, I think people should should listen to this one, two, three times um, because it, it really your lesson. You know, they seem superficially um, not you know not that hard to internalize, but really, if you if you think about it, 
uh, this will come really change things around for, for people that take it to heart. So, um, last time we talked, we, we talked about, you know, what you like to do for fun and all those, all those things, but do you have any new book recommendations for the listeners? Oh, I am reading a lot about trauma. (laughs) Just some light reading. (laughs) Yeah, just because it's a fascinating. Um, It is the body keeps the score. And this is for physicians out there that are really um, in burnout that are carrying this like, um, this, this cloud over them, right? Whether that be like fatigue or anxiety or sadness, and, and they feel like I just can't relax right? Why can't I just chill? Like I go on vacation and I'm constantly on my, um, on my laptop or I'm constantly checking my emails or I'm constantly yelling at my kids, whatever that be. And I can't even enjoy my vacation. Um, and I can't enjoy my relationship. This goes, it's very scientific based. It's by a psychiatrist that has done years and years on trauma. And when I say trauma, like when we think about trauma as physicians, we think about like, you know, the big T trauma, sexual trauma, trauma, um, physical trauma uh, or abuse. Um, but this is like, no, this is all the little T traumas that we've all had in our lives that we just think that's just normal. That's just part of being a kid. You were bullied. That's just part of it being a kid. You were, you know, you were called fat sometimes, or you were called lazy sometimes, or you weren't given, uh, you know, uh, any attention or, or abandonment. And that's just the way that life is. That stuff is actually gets ingrained in your, in your, the way that your, um, uh, your DNA is and the way it, it's just, it goes really deep. So it's a really deep book. That sounds um, good. I don't have to add that to the list. And then the other one that just came back, uh, out by Mel Robbins, I have not read it, but it sounds amazing. It's the um, high five, high five habits. I think it's high five habits, um, which is all about self-talk. It's all about celebrating yourself, knowing that you're an amazing human being, that knowing that what you're doing counts and whatever that is, like own yourself and you love yourself and be comfortable in your skin. And when you do that and when you respect and honor yourself and your time and your body, then everything else just kind of on the outside world aligns. And so hmm. the work, the, the, the whole point is that the work starts with you and me, meaning you is your brain and your body and your soul. The inner all right. I haven't even heard of that one. So I'll add that, that to the never ending list as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, you've given us so much great advice in this episode. Um, but if you could just uh, boil down your advice to a single piece of advice for the early career physician, what would that be? Um, sing- oh, God, single. I'm so long winded that my singles turned into like a 10 minute conversation. OK, no, um, I think it would be going back to really be conscious of how you talk to yourself every day. Feel your feelings. When you are anxious, it's okay. It's totally okay to be anxious. When you're sad, it's totally okay to be sad. Don't beat up on yourself. You're human. You're allowed to have a lot of feelings. And when you resist those feelings is when you get in trouble. And then rest and have fun, y'all. Like, really, like if you have your children, get down on the floor and see what they do and do exactly what they do. Because they, yeah, right. You have a seven month old, right? So get get on the floor and roll with her. Just start rolling around and roll everywhere. <laughs> oh my god, it's so funny. 
No, but that's a great point, right? Just just learn to have fun. You know, we're going, going, going all the time, but sometimes yeah. just taking a minute to, to have fun and maybe roll around um, could probably bring bring people a lot of joy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's that's great. Well, uh, so if people want to get in touch with you or, or learn more about you or maybe network with you, um, how do they find you? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram and Facebook. I'm on Instagram more than Facebook. It's Dr. Sogol, S-O-G-O-L underscore mindful living. Um, and uh, my website is drsogol.com. And then I have a podcast, which is uh, Mindful Living with Dr. Sogol. And you can... Um, go through my website or insta or dm message me i'm all over the place i'm pretty accessible in that sense great thank you so much again for coming back on the show and giving us another episode just chock full of value much appreciated thank you so much andrew yes thanks again bye bye for doctors, the story has changed. Visit financialresidency.com slash locum story to see if locum tenens assignment is right for you. It's here you'll find the unbiased answers you are after so you can decide if locum tenens is your next chapter. What a fantastic show with Dr. Sogol Palavan. I really enjoyed her top five tips that she's learned from entrepreneurship. There's some really great content in there. So give this one a listen and then maybe a second one. That's all we have for today. Thank you again for listening. If you enjoyed the show, leave me an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts and tell at least three of your colleagues. It really helps get the show out there. The other thing I'd like you to do after listening is visit my website at andrewtisserdo.com and find all the great content that there is there. Thank you again for listening. And until next time, keep talking. All opinions expressed by the guest in this episode are solely the guest's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Andrew Tisser Dio, TalkToMe.LC, or any affiliates thereof. The guest's opinions are based upon information he or she considers reliable, but Andrew Tisser Dio, TalkToMe.LC, nor any affiliates thereof warrant its completeness or accuracy. The guest, Andrew Tisser Dio, TalkToMe.LC, or any affiliates thereof are not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided in this episode. The guest statements and opinions are subject to change without notice.